You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. I am Roger B., and you're tuned into Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. We're going to talk about gun stuff today. We got politics. We got uh, good stuff and bad stuff. Like, let's start off with this one. This is um, now for over a year now. I don't know if you, if anybody's been paying attention. Most people who are interested in firearms has been paying attention. Gun sales in the last year have skyrocketed. They have gone up tremendously. In fact, we have set a record almost every month since last March as far as background checks go on weapons, which is not necessarily a completely accurate check, but it gives us a, a gauge by which to judge. And for the first three months of this year, we had record-breaking sales. And now in April, it dipped a little bit. And the main numbers I have not got yet, but I have a feeling they're going to be kind of high. But they had a slight dip in April, but it was still more than last year. So last year in April was 2.9 million checks. This year, 3.5 million. So we're still up substantially from where we were this time last year. Now in March of 2021, they set a record with four, almost 4.7 million background checks. So basically, we could be on track to meet last year's gun sales by the middle of this year or thereabouts or about eight or nine months in and then start building from there. So this stands to be another record year. And you wonder, why do people buy guns? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with civil unrest. They watch TV, they see cities burning, cars overturned, police helpless, unable to do anything, and they think, oh my gosh, if they come to my house, what am I going to do? Call the police and wait for them to not show up? Sure, that could happen. Or am I going to try and defend my family? Am I going to try and defend my property, myself, my dog? from all these, you know, marauders, so to speak, that come around and cause damage in some, in the name of some holier-than-thou cause, whatever that may be. But I think that drives people to consider what if. What if they were to come here? What if my street was being marched on? And, you know, could I protect my family? Would I be able to protect my children, my wife, my house from being possibly set on fire or being run through or, you know, being murdered or hurt? I don't know. Maybe. And another thing, when you get a president like Biden who's substantially anti-gun, and I know you can say he's done this, that, or the other, but he is going after the guns. He's changing the way the Department of Justice classifies certain things. In fact, just recently, he was talking about trying to make all homemade gun parts illegal, meaning if you're going to get an 80% lower, 80% part and finish it yourself, he wants to eliminate all that. And they went so far as to say anything that even looks, even if it was 10% finished, he was going to say that's enough to where you shouldn't be able to have it, and that's going to be considered a gun, even though it could just be a chunk of square plastic and about the size of something that might be able to be finished into a gun, which I don't think they're going to be able to do that because the description is far too broad. But And now he's going after... Uh, AR-style pistols. I assume AR and AK-style pistols. Any kind of, let's call it rifle-caliber pistols. He's going after those. Now he wants the DOJ to reclassify those as Class three weapons, meaning they will have to be registered with a $200 tax stamp, and you will have to keep them stored a certain way and have certain restrictions and obligations when you have one. Up until now, though, they've been just a standard pistol purchase. If you were able to purchase a pistol in your state, you could purchase one of these weapons, and still can for now. 
but he may come after those too. And he's talking about magazine bans. He's his quote unquote assault rifle ban. So with these things, people are going. You know what? I've always wanted one. Now might be the time to get it because if I don't get it now, I won't be able to get it at all. In fact, I saw this same thing in '08 when Obama became president. People were flocking to buy guns, gun parts, lower receivers, anything they could get in the event that Obama tried to take the guns away. And as it turned out, he basically did almost nothing to affect current gun laws. In fact, he allowed a few things that I didn't think he was going to. He allowed some uh, World War II surplus weapons to come back into the country from foreign nations as collectibles. So he didn't really do he, – he, he blew a lot of smoke, and I don't think he ever had enough control in the Congress and Senate to get anything passed, and he knew it, so he didn't want to push it. But Biden has control of the House and the Senate, and he is very anti-gun, except when it comes to protecting himself. So I think he is going to try and push something through. Now, there are Democrats in the Senate who tend to go with Republicans on more extreme gun issues. I've noticed that because they realize that their constituency is not always completely anti-gun gun grabbers. They're not completely liberal when it comes to owning weapons. They believe in the Second Amendment, and they believe it should not be infringed upon. So we'll see. But the fact that they're trying to take them away will drive gun sales also. People will buy stuff that they wouldn't normally buy. They'll, they'll maybe push a, a purchase forward a little more than what they normally would. Instead of waiting till next year, they'll do it this year just because they're afraid. If they don't do it now, they won't get it. And with the economy faltering, it again brings out more crime. So, and crime is a, a good indicator of violence in places, and people need to be able to defend themselves. But it looks like we're still in good shape as far as the background checks go. They're still climbing. They're still higher than last year, although they dipped a little bit from month to month. Some of it could be because of tax purposes, too. You know, you may not have gotten a refund in April like some people. In March, a lot of people get their refunds. If they're getting a refund, they usually file early and get it as quickly as possible. Well, if you owe taxes, you usually wait till April to pay it. So I think that may have something to do with it as well. But uh, we'll see. I mean, right now, the gun sales are still up. Guns are still in high demand and high priced, although I'm beginning to see a little loosening as the supply lines are getting filled up. Now, the ammo shortage is still an issue, although every now and then I see some, well, I would say reasonable deals. Well, they're reasonable compared to what it has been, but it's still twice what it was over a year ago. You know, you were looking last January or uh, the December before that in 2019, the prices were as low as I'd ever seen them. And now they've skyrocketed. So we'll see if that starts settling down any as more ammo starts to fill the pipeline. And I just hope every all the ammo manufacturers are not running too fast to control quality. The quality is very important because actual most manufacturers are extremely quality conscious and they make some of the best ammo in the world. But we'll see. Let's see if this keeps up because I know a lot of companies are going to be a little hesitant to invest a lot in producing more right now because this could be very temporary. You never know when it's just going to all come booming down. If all of a sudden uh, in 2022 the, the, the scales change and Republicans have control of the House and the Senate, then, then everyone's going to be a lot more relaxed about gun sales, so it won't be as much. Now, this is a story I found. This was uh, from back in the end of March, beginning of April. But there was a man at a McDonald's in Pittsburgh who stabbed a 12-year-old boy in the neck, screaming racist names in an anti-white hate crime. Now, you may say, anti-white? Oh, there's no such thing as an anti-white hate crime. Well, this guy was, he was a 51-year-old man, attacked a 12-year-old boy 
on Sunday, and you have not heard about this because he was screaming white devil as he stabbed a little 12-year-old kid. And this black man was was stabbing a a white 12-year-old kid, and this was in a McDonald's where you're supposed to be safe, and kids are supposed to enjoy their Happy Meals or whatever. I don't know if a 12-year-old still eats Happy Meals, but whatever. The child was at McDonald's with his family when Turner attacked the boy and stabbed him in the neck with a box cutter. Now, the kid is in stable condition, and uh, I think he probably he, he's going to make a full recovery is what they're saying. But uh, it's just crazy that he was, he was screaming racial slurs at a 12-year-old kid as he stabbed him in the neck. Now, of course, you don't hear about this kind of heinous crime because it doesn't fit the narrative of the media. Had it been a white man stabbing a little black boy in the neck, screaming black Racial slurs, oh, my God, this would have been plastered everywhere. White, uh, white privilege would have been brought up, race theory, all this crazy stuff. But because it was black on white, the media is completely silent. They don't want you to know about it. They don't want you to hear about it. It doesn't mean anything. So, uh, You know, I think I know where you'd be at or we'd be at or whatever. But if you have a carry license and you see something like that, and it's not aimed at you, but aimed at the kid. And I, and I bring up and I bring this up because I was going to bring the bring this point up too. Was I think it was San Antonio, but I wouldn't swear to it, where the cop answered a call, and then the mob started beating up the cop, and one lady tried to pull the mob off the cop. Now, if you're there and you have a carry license, and the cops in is in fine, danger, yeah. Um, I would think, you know, I would think they would let that go and give you the... It depends on what state you're in. In Texas, probably no problem, you know. But in California, hmm. Like in California, I don't know if you remember. This was years ago. I think back in the 90s, they had that bank robbery where the guys were all dressed in full armor, fully automatic weapons, and they held the cops at bay for like an hour. There was a store there that was giving the police weapons to use because their service pistols were no match against these guys so he was giving them military style ars ak's to use from his store directly now the atf atf came back at him and said you gave these weapons to these police officers without completing the proper paperwork and they got him in trouble for that so you never know how things are going to go like that but i would think most of the time if you're defending somebody who's in danger from a criminal most of the time you're going to be heralded as someone who did the right thing and was a hero other than, you know, like this black guy that's doing that could turn around and his family could sue the shooter or whatever, you know. Or Possibly, but the fact that he was stabbing somebody at the time that had nothing, you know, that was completely innocent when not doing anything wrong, yeah, I mean, I think a jury would look at this and go, mm, no way. You know, he was stabbing somebody in the neck when he was shot to death. That would be a great ending in that story. Be a DRT, dead right there. Yeah. <laughs> Save the taxpayers a lot of money. But as it stands, this price guy's probably going to go to jail, cost taxpayers thousands of dollars because he just decided to go on a rampage. Now, he sounds he sounds to me from this what he was saying, it sounds like this guy's mentally unstable. I don't know. I mean, that's that's what it sounds like to me. I mean, normal people don't do that without any kind of provocation. But then again, it's hard to say what's normal and what isn't these days. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's like I said on the the cop being beaten by the mob, and you know he was called for he was called for a building being broken into. 
thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I saw that one. That was about a year or so ago, yeah. No, this was just... Oh, just recently. Yeah, okay. within the last few days. And this, there was rioting going on? Yeah, rioting and a mob type thing. And oh. and the building was being broken into. And so, you know, he gets he's around the corner. He gets a call. He's first one there with no backup mm. at, the, at the moment. And, uh, you know, the, the mob attacks him. And there was only one lady that tried to pull him off of him. Wow. Um, you know, now, if she had had a weapon, I wonder if she would have stood and held the crowd at bay. I'm surprised the cop didn't draw his weapon, or maybe he did and got overrun. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I didn't see a weapon, and nothing was mentioned about it. Uh, you know, if, and he may not have had time. He wasn't expecting the mob to jump him. Right. You know? And even if and, he did, would he have gotten in trouble for firing into a crowd? Well, you know, or he could have maced them or whatever. Yeah, or used but, his taser if he had one. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, it went down pretty quick, like like most situations like that do. And that's, very dynamic, very fast moving, split yeah. second decisions have to be made. People don't realize that. No, they they have weeks or months to analyze every move, every decision, every you know the way things play out. But you don't realize when you're in that situation and you have to make split second decisions. You don't have time to analyze it to death before making the decision. You have to decide right then and there: is your life in danger? Do you need to defend yourself or somebody else? But I, I, my question really is the fact of, had the lady had a gun, could she have held off the crowd? Or would they have come after her and shot her, you know? Or? Yeah, it depends on whether she shot anybody or not. If she could have shot somebody who was attacking but without a weapon, it's hard to say whether it was life-threatening. Yeah. I don't know. That's In Texas, they would Where probably... Where is Mark for that. the shark? Yeah. Him. Uh, you know, that would be there would be so many circumstances that they'd have to address with that. And like I say, in Texas, probably so. In California, they'd probably charge her with having an illegal weapon, carrying it without any kind of permit <laughs> or something like that. They'd probably make a huge deal about it and probably make her the villain in the situation. Well, you know, and, and I was amazed, too, that it was only the one woman and there were guys standing around watching it, too. None of them tried to help. Yeah. Well, you know, they say no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. So, you know, you go try and help the cop. Somebody ends up tripping over you while you're standing between him and the crowd. And some one of the mob members falls down, hits their head. They sue you for attacking them, for yeah. assaulting them, even though they were involved in attacking a police officer. So, you know, it's it's sad that it's come to this, but you've got to consider, consider legal ramifications before you get involved with helping anybody other than yourself. You know? And only then in dire circumstances. Was the cop in danger of being killed, you know, or was he just getting beat up? I mean, they a judge would look at that and say, well, his life wasn't in danger, so you shouldn't have shot anybody or pulled your weapon. You know, it's, you know, it depends on the judge. Yeah. You get a liberal judge, he could throw you in jail for defending the cop's life or helping him out. It's amazing, isn't it? I know. I mean, years ago, you would have thought, oh, yeah, anybody who comes to the assistance of a police officer is considered a hero, a citizen, you know, patriotic citizen doing the right thing. But now, hmm, doesn't matter. I mean, they think the police are the enemy now. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back after this. I'm Roger B., and you're listening to Locked and Loaded. Hello, my name is Rick White, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I want to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And if you are a Georgia veteran, then the definition of a Georgia veteran is either you were born in the state of Georgia, or you've lived here 10 years, or you were raised your right hand and joined the military in this state, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to www.gmbhof.org, or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. We'd love to have your nomination for the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Thank you so much.
Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. I'm Roger B., and you're listening to Locked and Loaded. Right before we left, we talked about an attack on a on an innocent person by a, a with a difference of race between the attacker and the attacked. And because it was a black-on-white crime, the media was completely silent. But And then we got into the point, if you saw somebody in danger, what would be your responsibility or, say, would you want to even get involved knowing what the laws are like today and how judges rule on things? It's funny because there was an old episode of Seinfeld where – they saw a crime being committed, and they were just watching. They didn't get involved. And at the time, they had a good Samaritan law where you could be prosecuted if you didn't help somebody you saw getting attacked or having something done to them. You know, assuming it wasn't, you know, anything that put your life in danger, but you were supposed to help. And since they were filming and pointing and laughing and not helping, they ended up going to court. Of course, being a comedy, it was, you know, comedic in the way they portrayed it but that is kind of interesting to me that they had a law saying you had to help people if you could now from what i understand um certain you know emts doctors they're supposed to step forward if there's an issue even if they're not at work they're supposed to be able to help people all the time but a lot of them are hesitant because if they do something wrong in the field and they're not in a hospital they're not somewhere where they need to be and something goes wrong with what they're trying to do they'll they can be held responsible for it so a doctor can try and save your life, and if you die, even through no fault of his, he can still be sued. Because they can say it wasn't in a hospital, it wasn't controlled circumstances, he should have called 911, he shouldn't have tried to help until he had all the modern equipment he needed to do it properly, you know. And it's just, you know, he should, so a lot of these doctors, they'll step back and say, I have to wait for an ambulance, I can't do anything until the ambulance got here. You know, short of doing the Heimlich, the Heimlich maneuver or something like that. Very little is going to happen with that. But here's a situation that happened in Utah. There was a uh, since 2003, Utah has allowed school staffers with concealed carry licenses to carry on the job. So in Utah, the teachers can be armed if they have a legally a state legal carry permit, which to me is a great idea. Even if it requires additional training to be in a school, that would be fine. But apparently, in a schoolyard, it was uh, on campus. It was a Tuesday afternoon. On a school playground, and a, a guy, we're not going to mention his name because, you know, I don't like to do that, but he's 41 years old, approached and grabbed a student, an 11-year-old girl, 
who was playing on the play- playground. Police said he pulled the girl as if he was trying to leave with her, but a school employee approached him and demanded that he leave the school. He briefly let go of the girl, and the employee was able to get the children who were nearby. There were 19 other kids at the time. And then he approached the building and started pounding on the window in an attempt to get inside. Then the employee, the teacher, pulled a weapon and held the man at bay while he called 911. (laughs) So this guy prevented a kidnapping by use of force or or the threat there of the use of uh, armed deadly force as a teacher. Now this, to me, is the perfect example of why teachers should be allowed to carry. You know, especially in an elementary school where the kids are not necessarily old enough to defend themselves or take care of themselves. You know, in a high school, it's a lot harder to kidnap a high school student because, you know, they usually are a little bigger, a little more, you know, they're a little smarter, and they don't have to deal with that kind of stuff as much. Of course, you know, you never know. But still, if someone was going to come in and try to start shooting up students, even in a high school, you'd want to have armed teachers there to help cover the difference. You know, that way it may have stopped somebody from killing 19 or 20 or 30 people and may just get one or two or maybe none if they catch them early enough. Did you uh, notice or hear, and I can't remember which state it is, but they're trying to, you know, Georgia has cops in every school, has a cop. Oh, do they? I didn't know that. Yeah. In every county or just certain counties? No, every every school. Wow, did not know that. And... uh, as far as I know, I don't want to make that a blanket statement because I haven't been to every county to check. Right. It. But anyway, I know well, Fulton County certainly does. Right. I and, figure uh, City of Atlanta, yeah. Uh, and some state is trying to ban that, that they don't want cops, that it's giving off a bad impression, you know. And I'm thinking, you know, like I'm familiar with some of the Fulton County schools where the cop is <laughs> – broken up fights right and you know and some of these fights could have been serious with knives and all of this kind of stuff and uh, they also help guard the the front door of somebody just like this yeah trying to come into the school trespasser trying to come in yeah i mean it makes perfect sense to me but well you know i look at it like it's a cost thing if if the county can afford it and there seems to be a need provide it yeah, yeah absolutely but you kind of wonder with the with the bad press that the police are getting right now with this the um the bad mouthing of the cops by all these criminals saying oh no we don't need any more cops of course the criminals are saying that they want to have free reign to go out and rob kill murder loot burn whatever they want to do you know burn loot murder yeah they want to do all that stuff so to get cops off the streets for them would be a big boom to business so to speak yeah. you know give them a little more, more room but it's funny because there's the people who are against teachers having guns in school Make the argument, oh, my God, if teachers all have guns, it's going to be like the Wild West. They're going to be shooting everybody up. You know, there's going to be shootings every week in a school. It's like, it's not like that. Teachers have a responsibility to protect the interests of their students, whether it be educationally or even physically in this case. The teacher stepped forward, stopped a kidnapping from probably taking place, stopped trespassing into the school where he was going to maybe go after this little girl again. An 11-year-old girl does not need to go with a 41-year-old man she doesn't know. There's just no no excuse in the world for not pulling a gun on this guy and telling him to either get out or get down. I'm arresting. You're going to be arrested as soon as the police get here. You know, there's just no excuse for not having a cop there. But, you know, it was a lawfully carried gun. She had the permit. Stop the, stop the incident from happening. Maybe save this kid from getting kidnapped. 
you know, so this is, I mean, everything turned out great. Nobody got shot. Nobody got hurt. So, you know, why wouldn't you want this? I mean, most pol- most teachers are smart enough to know not to just go start blasting away at everybody. You know, most of them are willing. They believe in education. They'll probably get education enough to use their gun properly and know when to and when not to. So that's something to consider. I mean, because there are a lot of places that don't want guns in school because they're afraid the teachers will be irresponsible or will spur on more shootings or things like that. And mostly, most concealed carriers know they have to be above and beyond what the standard citizen is. If you have a carry permit, you have to be super responsible, more so than a regular citizen, because you have that permit. That's a huge responsibility that you take on when you get that permit. And you have to know when you can use it and when you can't. Always err on the side of caution. If there's nobody's life in danger, be extremely cautious in drawing a weapon. Because like they say, every bullet fired has a lawyer attached to it. (laughs) And you don't want to get the lawyers involved. Sorry, Mark. (laughs) But yeah, so this is interesting. I mean, here's a, a good story about a teacher defending her students with the use of a firearm, which is great. There probably should be stories like that all the time. It would probably prevent so many school shootings, school fights, you know, kids from getting stabbed, fighting, especially in inner cities, you know. I mean, but then a lot of the kids carry guns, too, if they can get through the metal detectors with them. But, all righty. I think I told you the story last week or the week before about, I think it was on a Maverick, and I love my old Oh, yeah, yeah. Where the lady was a new teacher. And uh, the kids had been running wild, totally. Mm. And they were giving the new teacher what for, you know. Yeah. <laughs> boys in the back throwing, you know, some kind of ball. And she pulled out her forty five and shot the ball in midair. No. <laughs> the, I mean, it got the attention of the boys, and they gave her no more grief. <laughs> no, no more guff from those guys. But the uh, parents, you know, came after the teacher because she had a, a weapon and could use it. Well, and, um, you know, she wasn't aiming at the kids. She shot the ball. Yeah. Now, in real, that's obviously makes for great TV. But if obviously firing into a classroom to to, to shoot a ball between students would not be a good idea. No. But, <laughs> and later on, one of the mothers that had been really raising hell, um, her daughter was in the school with the lady, and the mother came in yelling and screaming, and and um, the teacher said, "Don't move." And pulled out her forty-five and shot a snake that was down beside their daughter. Ah, see that? So you know, it, it, there's always two sides, and like right. you said, it made for good TV. It mo- really did. You know? And you know, if it were if it were a real threat other than a ball, there, if someone was trying to grab one of the kids or something, she may have had to shoot somebody. Yeah. You know, and it would prevent a kidnapping. I don't you know, think they did it back in that era. No, probably not. You know, there was not as many perverts back then. Maybe I don't know if they were. They were quieter about it. Yeah, they're gonna throw them in a, on a horse and ride into the sunset. But no, you know, it's like everything else. Uh, and I, you can confirm this better than I can. But the folks that I know that carry, or the folks that I know that have weapons, they're probably the best folks going. Right. They have to be above and beyond a regular citizen that doesn't carry. I try to tell people that all the time. If you have a permit, you have an extra responsibility thrown on you. And it's funny because I've done some shooting events and stuff like that, some competitions, and I've shot against police officers before, you know, and 
you'd be surprised. There's a lot of them that are not as interested in weapons as you would think. They qualify. They get their, you know, their certification and all, but most of them do not train as intensively as gun enthusiasts do. Now, there are a few, but, of course, they're trained in other things. They have to learn to de-escalate situations. They have to learn to be negotiators. They have to learn to be, you know, ambassadors with the public and everything. Their whole job is not just about carrying a gun and shooting people. In fact, 99% of the officers on the job probably never have a situation where they have to draw their weapon, especially in smaller towns and smaller cities. It probably just doesn't come to that, you know. So Besides, that's Barney only had one bullet. That's right. He could only, and he kept it in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the kind of thing. Like I say, and uh, what is it? Andy didn't even carry a gun in in Mayberry. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't even need one because you know most of police work doesn't have to do with guns. You know, unless you're on a SWAT team or something in a big city, most of your police work is going to be talking to people, dealing with complaints. You know, maybe stopping people from stealing. Things like that. It's not going to be, you know, gun battles every other day you know, being a police officer. So, you know, it, it's, so that's why I say a lot of police officers are not, they're not necessarily the most well-trained with their weapons. I'm sure a lot of, they all have training, but a lot of them have better training in other fields than weapons. And there's some that are enthusiasts and are very good at, at, the, at weapons as well, but a lot of them are not, which is kind of surprising to a lot of people I tell that to. This is an okay. Now we're up. Oh, we're coming along our next break. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded. We'll be back in a few moments on America's Web Radio. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Um, this is another story that was came up last month. It's about an Army lieutenant who is now suing police officers for pepper spraying him and threatening him during a traffic stop. Apparently, they stopped him because his window tinting was darker than they thought it should have been, and they said his rear tag was obscured by something. And this guy's in full uniform. He's an Army second lieutenant. Caron uh, Nazio in Virginia. And uh, apparently, I saw part of this video, and he's actually holding his hands out the window, going, I'm not doing anything. 
what what's this he goes get out of the they told him to get out of the car and he goes honestly i'm a little afraid to because they had their weapons drawn trying to get this kind of a car for a window tent violation I mean, this is just this is insane. Now, I have a feeling he is suing them, and I have a feeling he's going to win this by a long shot. These officers that did this, from what I saw, the video that I saw, completely uncalled for, completely overreacted. Ridiculous. When he said he was afraid to get out of the car, they say, you should be. It's like, you know, what kind of police officer says that to somebody for a stop for something so minor? And I can understand if the guy rolls down the window part way and he's, you know, got a blood or crip rag wrapped around his head and he's got gold teeth and he's has his gun inside the window or something. But this guy's got his hands out the window, window fully rolled down, not covering his face with anything. You could see his face, see his uniform with all his, you know, stuff on the front of him. You could see his name and everything right there on his uniform. And they got him out of the car and they knocked him to the ground after they pepper sprayed him. So I'm thinking, yeah, this is not a good this is this is the kind of thing that makes people question cops. This is the bad cops that make all the cops appear bad in some people's eyes. You know, they say one bad apple. Well, here it is. These are bad apples. And of course, there are not all most 99% of all cops do their job. They do a good job. They do what they can. But there's the one percenters or two percenters or three percenters that get out there and they're on a power trip. They just can't control themselves. They think they have unlimited control over everybody out there because of the gun and the badge. And this is the kind of thing that gives all the other cops a bad name. So, and it's hard for them to police themselves, I guess. But uh, it's crazy because you can see this guy in full uniform, hat and everything, boots from boots to hat. He was in full uniform and a camo dress, a camo uniform, daily what they call them, uh, uh, BDUs, basic daily uniform. And he was in his car, and apparently they hadn't done any checks or background checks yet before they decided to pull him out of the car and pepper spray him because he was said he was a little scared to get out because they were being so aggressive towards him. And like I say, they were originally being pulled over for a tinted windowed tinted windows and apparently they did not they said they couldn't see the rear tag so i'm thinking you pull the guy over he rolls the window all the way down you talk to him like a person you don't try and get him out of the car and pepper spray him that's just this is this is one of those things where these police officers were completely in the wrong i don't know if they were having a bad day or what so it's just into, I'll, I'm curious. I have to try and follow up on this one and see what the, what happened here because this was over a month ago. So I'm curious to see if he actually won this lawsuit because I can't imagine he didn't. I mean, after they pepper sprayed him like that, that's just ridiculous. But, you know, that's unfortunately, that's the kind of thing that gives cops a bad reputation. And it's sad because, you know, most of the cops do a good job. Now we have to come to good gun state of the week. We'll call it that. The good gun state of the week is West Virginia. They are offering custom firearms in their vaccine lottery. Apparently, they thought their vaccination rates among their citizens was too low, so they're offering custom five custom hunting rifles, five custom hunting shotguns, two tricked-out pickup trucks, five lifetime hunting and fishing permits, and, and a, li- a grand prize of $1 million. Want to get entered for this? You have to get vaccinated and be a citizen of West Virginia. <laughs> so apparently they had a 34% vaccination rate, which they thought was too low. So they want to try to entice people to get vaccinated. So how to do? How do you do this? You give people guns. That's what you do. Give away guns and pickup trucks and a million dollars. 
It's open to West Virginians who have received at least one dose of a vaccine, meaning if you already got one, you can still enter into this lottery. So you're not somebody who newly vaccinated. You could, even if you've already got it, you can enter and, and win custom guns. Woohoo! Why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, this, I mean, I may not be a proponent of vaccines necessarily, but oh my goodness, if you're going to get one, this would be a good reason to. <laughs> you might win a custom gun. And they also have for winners between the ages of 12 and 25, they're giving away two four-year scholarships to any West Virginia educational institution. So if you're in, you know, middle or high school, you can get free education for four years if you go get vaccinated and enter the lottery and win. So this sounds like it's great, you know, but a million-dollar grand prize or a tricked-out truck, two trucks they're giving away. They're really trying to get those numbers up because, you know, I said 34% now, 51% have received at least one dose. Only 34% are fully vaccinated, and 75% of the residents over the age of 50 have been fully vaccinated. So they're not really doing that bad. In fact, they're doing better than their neighbor, Ohio. But Ohio also had a lottery that led to an increase in vaccination rate. So West Virginia's going, oh, we'll give it a shot. Let's give away some guns and trucks. So, so, give it a shot. <laughs> yep, give it a shot. Guns and trucks. There you go. Actually, this and West Virginia was one of the states that repealed sales tax on firearms this year. So if you buy a new gun in West Virginia, you don't have to pay sales tax on it. That's Second Amendment, folks. That's the way things ought to be. You know, I mean, they say you shouldn't have to pay for the right to vote. Well, you shouldn't have to pay extra tax on a firearm that's already taxed at the federal rate at 11 or 15 percent. You know, give them a break. So this is great. I mean, I, I, you know, the vaccine thing, well, you know, here it is. It's, it's getting some good gun press as well. So if you thought about if you live in West Virginia and you thought about getting the vaccine, make sure that you get your certificate or card or whatever it is they give you up there so you can go enter this lottery and win guns, trucks, or a million dollars. woo West Virginia, state of the week. Okay. Now we're going to go to California. California is, ah, it's gone through some legal battles here that are actually driving it towards more freedom than they've ever seen before. Earlier this year, Judge Roger Benitez ruled against California's magazine ban that allowed Californians not to have more than 10 rounds in a magazine. He said it was unconstitutional, struck it down, and for one glorious week, Californians were able to get magazines of any type, size, shape, or form for one week until the Attorney General appealed the decision and put an injunction on sales until the case was completely decided. And now it's gone to the the Ninth Circuit Court twice and come back as being, yes, it is unconstitutional. You cannot have a ban on magazines. So now the new district attorney is sending it to what they call an en banc review, which means all nine of the judges have to come up with a decision. And generally, I would think these things generally go with the previous decisions because they kind of like to rule with each other on these things because they don't want to step on each other's toes while they're trying to work together. So hopefully... This review will come back and say, nope, it's unconstitutional, you can't do this, which would be great. But they've got the final appeal going now, so hopefully whatever happens here will will stand and Californians will once again begin to buy standard capacity magazines for their weapons. I mean, they've been saying that even possession of these magazines is now a crime. But because they had that Freedom Week, people were able to get magazines. I mean, they sold over one, I think it was one and a half million magazines, standard capacity magazines in California in one week. 
So you can just imagine if this law gets appealed complete, gets repealed completely, and is determined to be unconstitutional, oh, California is going to bust up, or we're going to have trouble getting magazines for anything if that happens, because these people have been kept under uh, magazine restrictions for probably two or three decades now. They're ready to get out there and get some standard capacity mags for their guns. And the argument was that they were not unusual or they were not, you know, extreme in any measure. These are magazines for standard weapons, like a Glock 17 has a 17-round mag. That's not actually why it's called a Glock 17. It's called a 17 because it was a 17th incarnation that Gaston Glock tried when he was building pistols. In fact, all the Glocks are named sequentially from when they were designed. But apparently the Glock 17 holds 17 rounds, and that's their standard capacity. That's not restricted capacity. Ten rounds would be restricted capacity. And he said because all these weapons have the standard capacity and there's millions of them in service all over the country, they are not considered extreme or unusual in any respect. They're standard weapons that any citizen should be allowed to own. But now we're, hopefully we're going into the final appeal of this, and it may come back as Californians may be able to have, you know, these standard capacity, which are now called high-capacity magazines. But they're not high-capacity. They're standard capacity. And you may think, okay, well, that's great. Californians, yay, they can have magazines now. But you're thinking, well, they still have an assault weapons ban, so they can't really have any nice weapons to put these magazines in. Hold the phones. Judge Benitez comes through again, strikes down California's unconstitutional assault weapons ban. That was earlier this week, or last week that came down. So now California's assault weapons ban is in danger by the same idea that these weapons are not unusual. They're not extreme in any manner. There's over, you know, over 20 million sales of AR-15s every year almost. And it's just, it's crazy. Maybe not every year, but in the last 10 years, they sold over 20 million AR-15s that they have records of. Then there's other people who just build them themselves. You buy a receiver, and I don't know how that counts in the numbers of things. But they're saying, these are standard weapons. Every, you know, so many millions of Americans have them. They're not unusual. They're not extreme. It's not a rocket launcher. It's not a fully automatic machine gun. It's a semi-automatic, military-styled weapon. It doesn't fire any different than any other semi-automatic weapon, whether it's got the pistol grip or not. And he said the banned assault weapons are not bazookas, howitzers, or machine guns. Those arms are dangerous and specifically for military purposes. Instead, the firearms deemed assault weapons are ordinary, popular, modern rifles. This is an average case about average guns used in average ways for average purposes. Which is brilliant. Now, I don't know. I'm sure this has already been appealed because California is, they love taking guns away from everybody. But it looks like the the circuit court appointments that Trump has made are now coming down and you're seeing some of the results of having somebody who understands the Second Amendment and shall not be infringed what it means. Now, granted, they're not saying you should have machine guns or bazookas or howitzers, but they are saying that the AR-15 rifle is a standard regular rifle. It would be the rifle that patriots would use in the 1700s if they had them. This would be a standard rifle they would use in this case to fight for freedom and free this country and form this country. But we will see. I just hope this stands, too, because then not only will they have magazines, but they can get all their military-style assault weapons back if they ever had them. I mean, it's, it's crazy because... I mean, 252 people were murdered in California with a knife, while 34 people were killed with a rifle. 34 people versus 252 people with a knife. Where does that stand? All right, we're going to be right back after this. I am Roger B. You're listening to Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Hi. 
This is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We're back. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Now, right before we left for the break, we were talking about uh, Judge Benitez, who was the one on the Ninth Circuit Court, who ruled that the magazine ban in California was illegal and unconstitutional. Now he's ruling that the assault weapons ban, quote-unquote assault weapons ban in California, is illegal and unconstitutional, which means this is a result of a 2019 lawsuit filed by the Firearms Policy Coalition to challenge California's Assault Weapons Control Act. And this banned most semi-automatic rifles. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them. If it had a removable magazine that held more than 10 rounds or could hold more than 10 rounds, it was probably subject to this. And some of the things that they came up with in California, the restrictions were just ridiculous. Like they had a, a situation where you had to use a special button to remove the magazine from the gun. They called it a bullet button. And it's you have to use the point of the bullet or something in there to, to hit the magazine release to be able to change magazines. Now, what a lot of people did is they made little rings or little things that wrapped around your finger that had the little button built in to be able to do it more quickly or in a standard manner. A standard manner. But uh, now he's striking down this. Now, I don't know if it, that opens things up and people in California are allowed to go out and buy whatever they want now. I'm not sure. But... I think there's an injunction at the moment that the Attorney General has fired, filed to prevent the assault weapons ban from being lifted right away. He wants to have time to do an appeal, and until the appeal goes through, he wants the law to stand. Because after Freedom Week, where they had all the magazines going to California, I think he realizes what would happen here with guns. Could you imagine California's assault rifle ban is lifted for a week and people are able to get whatever they want? Oh, my gosh. The guns flowing into California would be in the millions. Millions. Because everybody would say, oh, yeah, here we go. If I get it during this week, I can have it forever. It'll be grandfathered in, and they won't be able to take it from me, according to the law currently. But we'll have to see. I mean, this is just interesting because if this goes through, California will become freer than New Jersey, freer than New York. And they'll be able to have standard sporting rifles with standard capacity magazines. And it's funny because he, he went again, the assault weapons ban are unconstitutional, cannot stand, and we hope this is a victory that will, will stay. 
And uh, it's just it's crazy because uh, Judge Benitez slammed the state of California because they're run by Democrats, and he and he made fun of them for infringing or not made fun of them, but he bashed them for infringing on America's constitutionally protected rights. It says this law has been in effect for over thirty years. So for thirty years, people could not have assault weapons, and they keep updating and changing the rules too. At one point, they said even a bullet bullet button, which they made. A standard fare in California is now not legal. Now you have to have the upper and lower receiver open up or come apart or have the magazine attached somehow where it cannot be removed from the weapon. So you cannot have a removable box magazine on a weapon in California according to some of the, the new rules. It's it, They change them so frequently. I was actually in a gun store there a couple of years ago, and the guys were, were saying they read the law through and through, in and out, and they can't always determine what's legal and what's not based on what they've read. They've had attorneys read it, and they said, well, you know, it could be interpreted a bunch of different ways. That's how shady and how crazy these laws are. They want it to be extremely vague so they can enforce whatever they want, whenever they want, and it be within the law. And unfortunately, laws are supposed to be specific and to the point and be able to be interpreted by anybody. But we'll see. This, Like I say, this is probably coming up, and it's probably not going to go through right away. But if you look at the numbers, what is it? Oh, where's that statistics? Oh, yeah. Seven times more often people are killed by knife than by a rifle. So what does that tell you about assault weapons? They're not really as dangerous as everybody makes them out. Because, you know, most people have them. Most gun owners are smart enough to know if they're legal gun owners. Now, I'm not saying the gang members who get their stuff illegally or people who, who use them for nefarious purposes. But legal, law-abiding citizens will generally not use their guns in any manner that's not prescribed by law. So we'll see. I'd love to see this happen, though. California's gun laws come crumbling down, disintegrated right before your eyes. That would be fantastic. And everybody in California should be should be celebrating this. Oh, I'm sure the huge, massive anti-gun crowd is just going nuts that they're going to open up their state to all these killer weapons and all these weapons of war. Let me tell you something. No country in their military uses an AR-15, a semi-automatic rifle in their military. You know, they may have semi-automatic settings, but almost every one of them are true assault rifles with select fire capabilities of going semi-auto, three-shot burst, or full auto. While those are not legal... In Americans, in Americans' hands, without special permits and special licensing, you go get a tax stamp and pay two hundred dollars. Wait months on end, you can get a machine gun or assault weapon. However, back in nineteen eighty six, they passed the Hughes Act, so nothing manufactured after nineteen eighty six is allowed to be in possessions of private citizens' hands unless they have a dealer's license. So they still shut down almost all this anyway. But it looks like California's bans could be coming to an end after more than 30 years. And California is also known for having, what should I say, um, very restrictive criteria when issuing gun permits. In fact, it's nearly impossible to get a gun permit in Los Angeles County unless you know somebody or know somebody who knows somebody. You have to find a way around it because most of them are refused. They are a May issue state, which means they can give you one or not give you one based on their you know, subjective, objective opinion, whatever they think. And that could change from day to day, week to week. Well, now, as it turns out, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department says he is going to start approving more gun permits. Why, you might ask? Why would he all of a sudden change this? 
Because the murder rate in L.A. County is up by 95%. Yeah, that's right. It's almost doubled. The murder rate's almost doubled in California. So maybe the sheriff has decided, you know what? If law-abiding citizens have guns, maybe they won't be victim of as many crimes. There won't be as many crimes happening. So Now, keep in mind, California has a 10-day waiting period already. So these crimes of passion or the cooling down period is there in place. So, But to be able to carry a weapon... That is extremely difficult to get that permit in California. In fact, a lot of people will go out of state or out of the county to try and get one because other counties in California issue them a little more freely. But you have to show residency, show where you live, and be there for a certain amount of time. So it's not as easy as it may sound to go to another county and get a permit. But now that he's going to be issuing more permits to carry, I wonder if that means they'll actually go from a may issue to a shall issue state. Now, the difference here, in a shall issue state, they will issue you a permit if you meet the criteria. Federal background check, local and state background checks. Sometimes they have training required before you get a permit, but they will give it to anybody who meets the requirements, any citizen who meets the requirements and has been law-abiding, during their life should be able to get a permit. That's the shall issue. May issue just means the government can decide at their willy-nilly who should have it and who shouldn't. Now, most of this is probably done by favors or by who knows who. All kinds of corruption going on here to get a gun permit, I would imagine. I don't know for a fact. No one's ever reported on this. But the fact that I bet every politician who wants one gets one in California. And every regular citizen who wants one until recently, does not get one. So I'm curious to see if they're actually going to step things up and how long they're going to keep doing this. So, but again, California is it's starting to lean the right way. No pun intended. But they're starting to believe in their gun, their gun rights, their gun rights, their gun laws, and their rights to have guns, weapons, magazines, whatever it may be. And as long as this keeps going in this direction, I think California may start getting some people coming back. Who knows? Right now, they're fleeing taxes, bad government, huge debts, restrictive gun laws, you know, things like that. And uh, ridiculous laws that now enable illegals to get better help than American citizens. So this is interesting. I hope this comes through. The L.A. County Sheriff is going to start approving more now. He doesn't say what his criteria will be. But the fact that he sees the crime rate almost double or murder rate almost double is enough to make him go, you know what, maybe I need to issue more permits. What would that do? Like we were talking about before, if a police officer is in trouble and somebody has a weapon, they may be able to save that police officer's life by being there at the right place at the right time. But currently, California is so restrictive in what they allow, it's, it's almost impossible to get a gun, a carry permit. You know, now they are okay getting a gun with a 10-day waiting period, pistol or otherwise, happens all the time, and it's relatively simple. There's just a few extra hoops to jump through. But getting an actual carry permit is nearly impossible in L.A. County. And in case you're wondering, L.A. County is huge. It covers almost the entire Southern California area down there, right where around Los Angeles, probably 50 or 60 miles around Los Angeles is where L.A. County extends to. It's huge. Almost everybody in Southern California, unless you're, you know, probably 100 miles from Los Angeles, are in L.A. County. So this would be a huge boom for them if they actually do open it up and get people who want to have gun permits, the permits they want, legally. Like I say, legal citizens 
who are, who are law-abiding, who pass all the background checks, should be able to get a carry permit. <clears throat> Did I hear you say it would be a boom for them? Uh, yes, a boom. A boom, uh, no pun intended. Yeah, we're going to shoot straight with these people, yes. That's <laughs> Let's shoot right to the point. Yes, hopefully that would happen. We're still waiting to see because, I mean, you know, California's their government is so anti-gun, it's so hard to get anything to go through. But this is great. This is three things today. The magazine ban is now in its final review. The assault rifle ban has been shot down by a judge. And now at L.A. County, the L.A. County Sheriff is saying he's going to issue more permits as the murder rate rises. So maybe common sense is filtering back into California through all the BS that's there now, which would be great. I'd love to see a more common sense approach to gun control in California. By the way, if you have a uh, question for Roger, just email roger at americaswebradio.com, and uh, we'll be glad to give it to him, and he can answer it on his next show. Yes, I will answer any question. Not necessarily correctly, but I will answer it. (laughs) If all else fails... All else fails? Yeah, I'll I'll make something up. If all else fails, be a Democrat. Yeah, just lie your way through it. (laughs) Yeah, or if you have a, a topic or subject you'd like to see... You'd like my opinion on? By all means, shoot an email, Roger at AmericasWebRadio.com, and I will get to it. Maybe that's where Sleepy Joe got his reputation. He just lied all the way through it on his back. Oh, you can look at his history. He lied about law school. He lied about paperwork. He lied about when he graduated. He lied about all kinds of stuff. How long he's been in been president? Yeah, I don't think he knows that. I don't think he lied. I think he just honestly doesn't know. Fifteen months I've been in office. <laughs> yeah, I'm going fifteen months, huh? From January to now, hmm. I don't know how he. I think he just doesn't know. I mean, now that's not. He's not lying there because he honestly doesn't know the answer. That's something where it's not an obvious lie. It's not something deliberate because he probably does think maybe 15 months have passed. He doesn't know. You know, it must be really great to be, eat ice cream as fast as you want and not have to worry about brain freeze. <laughs> Go, Sleepy that's, Joe. Go get him. That's true. Whatever that's flavor true. you want. But hope, well, hopefully well, it's time to put the plug in. Okay, okay. Well, that's all we got time for this week. I'm Roger B., and you've been listening to Locked and Loaded. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.